Welcome to Beth Takun in our ongoing study of the Torah. This week we're in portion Vayelech, which translates to, and he went, found in Deuteronomy chapter 31. I'm Tim Pell, and I'm glad you're here. So let's dive in. Though it's the shortest of all portions, clocking it at only 30 verses, Vayelech has many things to teach us. And the portion progresses basically in the following way. Moses tells the people the vision to be strong and courageous and that Adonai goes before them and will be with them. Moses publicly tells Joshua to be strong and courageous, that he will go with the people and that Adonai goes before him and will be with him. Moses tells the priests to regularly teach the people the Torah and to fear God. God tells Moses that he will die, that the people will mess up, making God angry and to teach them a song that will help mitigate this inclination. God tells Joshua for the second time to be strong and courageous, that he shall bring the people, which is slightly different from Moses' words, and that God will be with him. Moses tells the priests all that God had told him, and finally, Moses teaches the people the song, which is, of course, next week's portion. So, This portion is entirely God speaking either directly or through Moses to Moses, Joshua, and the people. One past lesson we've learned from Grant that I'd like to review is this. Picture, if you will, in your mind, a tightrope walker. She stands balancing on a high wire, balance pole in hand. She is engaged and alert in every minute moment, uh, movement rather, of her body and the wire. She is graceful and rigid, and she is only capable of safe passage because of the perfect weight of the balancing pole. This is a picture of our life. As we walk the straight and narrow edge of life's high wire, we too need a long, evenly weighted balancing pole to carry with us. That pole, of course, is the perfectly balanced word of God. On the one end of the pole is God as our Melech, our king, and on the other end is God as our Avinu, our father. On the one end, he gives Torah, law, and on the other, he gives Chain, grace. And to walk this path, we are to stand rigid and strong, using every muscle of our body to keep our footing, stepping forward fluidly with courage. As this portion states three times, be strong and courageous. In Joshua 1, verses 7 through 9, we see how fundamental strength and courage are to following Torah. It reads, Only be strong and very bold in taking care to follow all the Torah, which Moses, my servant, ordered you to follow. Do not turn from it, either to the right or to the left. We don't want to fall from the high wire. Then you will succeed wherever you go. Yes, keep this book of the Torah on your lips and meditate on it day and night, so that you will take care to act according to everything written in it. Then your undertakings will prosper and you will succeed. Haven't I ordered you? Be strong, be courageous. So don't be afraid or downhearted because Adonai, your God, is with you wherever you go. 
We are children of the great and gracious king, princes and princesses who have been given what we need to walk the tightrope path of life. Never forget that. As for what I've seen in this portion recently, there's a few things I want to share with you today. There's a scene toward the end of a very popular movie that I'm not going to name, so I don't spoil it for you, wherein the hero lays dying after literally having saved the universe. His beloved comes to his side and says to him sweetly, tearfully, we're going to be okay, you can rest now. It's a touching scene, and it's a beautiful thing to say to a leader before his end. It was also honest. They were going to be okay. Not great, not perfect, certainly not blissfully happy or any idyllic thing, just okay. And at that, the hero let go and died in peace. Similarly, God tells Moses in this portion that essentially the people will be okay. They're going to mess up and make God angry, just like they always have. And God will turn his face, etc. But I don't imagine that Moses is distraught about this. And here's why. Moses knows, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that Adonai is faithful and keeps his promises. Moses knows before God even speaks a word, and despite the fact that the people could and would break the covenant with God, God will never break the covenant with his people. So when God says they're going to mess up, I imagine he and Moses shared a moment where God rolls his eyes, and Moses does a facepalm saying, Oy vey, and then they both chuckle a little. So God is not leaving Moses with bad news just before he dies. That would be cruel. No. He's saying, they're going to be okay. You can rest now. Secondly, if we go back over the overall picture of the portion, we can see a basic model of effective leadership. The leader does four things, really. He shares the vision, sets the boundaries, brings the people there, and goes with them. The people, for their part, trust the leader and the vision. And all are strong, courageous, and fear only God. Let me repeat that. The leader shares the vision of them in the land, sets the boundaries written down in the Torah, brings the people to the land, and goes with them. The people, for their part, trust the leader and the vision, and all are strong, courageous, and fear only God. Got it? Okay. Finally, I want to draw your attention to two seemingly opposing instructions to Joshua regarding how he was to lead. Looking back, we see that Moses' type of leadership was decisive and firm consistently. He was not inclined to seek consensus from among the people or their leaders. And nearing his end, as he commissioned Joshua, he probably softened a little and did not instruct Joshua to lead in the same way. Go with the people, he says. Be beside them, in other words. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, in his commentary on Deuteronomy, says this. At the end of his life, Moses recognized one great failure of his leadership. 
He had taken the Israelites out of Egypt, but he had not taken Egypt out of the Israelites. He had changed his people's fate, but he had not changed their character. He now realized that for this to happen, there would have to be a different kind of leadership, one that handed back responsibility to the people as a whole and to the elders in particular. God, on the other hand, did instruct Joshua to be decisive and firm. Bring the people, he says, not go with them. In other words, just do it, even if it's against their will. So what's, what's going on here? Well, God wasn't saying that Joshua should be an authoritarian leader, contrary to the instruction that God had given through Moses. The two could coexist because God was giving Joshua one specific instruction of decisiveness. Bring them into the land. So, the instructions to Joshua through Moses and directly from Adonai are not opposing instructions. They are the essential halves of a whole leader. Get the people there. Be decisive. And then work with them to realize the vision and the full potential of the people. Good leaders know when to be decisive and when to be cooperative. So do we seek consensus? Mostly, yeah. Do we just do it? Sometimes, yeah. Good leaders know when to do which. So ask yourself, where in my life do I need to just make a choice and move forward? And where am I being inappropriately authoritative? How do I find the balance? Am I being strong and courageous? Do I hold in my hands the realities of God as my king and father, the realities of law and grace? Am I just going through the motions, or am I being alert and intentional about every movement of my soul, every placement of my feet along the tightrope of this life? Lots of questions to consider as we draw close to Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and no better time like the present to answer them. May God bless you, and may he make us all into the people he wants us to be. Shabbat shalom.